0: welcome back to another episode of the Retro Gamers Podcast, Episode One Seven Seven. Larry here,
1: and Anthony here.
0: What's going on, Ann? How are you? Uh,
1: Quarantine. How are you?
0: I'm uh, doing the same thing. So we've uh, luckily been preparing for this since 1986. I think our uh, slogan was <laughs> a little while.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. For a while, we were avoiding the sun for, since 1986, and now we're being told <laughs> to do that. So. Uh, Yeah, no problem at all for us.
0: (laughs) So we got this down pat. Let me just fix that real quick. There we go. Perfect. Uh, So, yeah, so a little bit of a different setting for me, at least, uh, due to uh, home uh, uh, nine to five. Uh, My computer desk has been um, uh, commandeered. So I'm over in the Pop Funko room, as you can see behind me. So for the time being, this is pretty much going to be the background. And now,
1: and a portion a portion of my desk has been commandeered for work. Um, but I was, you know, I have an L shaped desk, so I can fit it there. Um, but now I have, a, I also have a 26 inch TV on my desk as a second screen for work. So I've got a laptop screen, I've got a 26 inch TV for a second screen, and then I've got a dual monitor for my regular <laughs> setup. And because my cat loves to spend time with me and walks all over my keyboards i have her pillow on one of on one side of the desk because if i don't put it there she just walks all over everything so so i so it's a little cramped on my my desk right now
0: fantastic oh boy i love it uh yeah i just have like a little like uh like a target computer desk you put together in like 15 minutes so uh really no room for anything there's room for one laptop which is there and I wish I had a dual monitor, but that's that for that. Um So, yeah, so we're going to be here uh, with, you know, we're going to be t- actually today going to be a fun topic. Um We're going to talk about it's at time again, you know, kind of, unfortunately, kind of forgot what time it was. Uh But with the time of the year, it is the uh, 2020 nominations, I should say, for the tw- uh, 2020 uh, Video Game Hall of Fame.
1: Yes. Very excited about that. You know, I always enjoy when this comes around every uh, every year because it's really cool to see which games are getting nominated and which ones are most deserving of the accolades, you know, at that Mm -hmm. point. Because there are so many... Um, there's so many solid, like amazing games that have defined the video game industry. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, and every year we get to, we get to see just a few more go in. And even though it's only been, I think the video game hall of fame has only been inducting for the last few years. There are so many heavy hitters that have yet to go in.
0: Uh, yeah, no, this is actually the fifth year, to be honest with you. Uh, it looks like the earliest was 2015, if I'm looking at it correctly. Mm -hmm. And, um, You know, just some. I mean, you know, some notable favorites: Donkey Kong. These are from years past: Donkey Kong, GTA Three, Halo, Doom, Final Fantasy Seven, of course, Zelda, uh, amongst others. I'm just looking at the screen real quick. Um, Super Mario
1: Brothers is on the list. It's in there somewhere. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and, of course, this whole thing is through the Strong National Museum of Play, which is up in Rochester. So really not that far from me. Uh, and, and, you know, next time at some and one of the times you come in, I think we should maybe make a weekend out of it. Head up there.
1: I think I think that's a very good episode so, that we can do. Absolutely. absolutely.
0: And you can go you go to World Video Game hall of dot org uh, and you can vote once a day. Um Basically, what you can do is you vote once a day on whatever you know you, you games that you want. And then the the ballot was running from March nineteenth ends April second. So by the time this drops, you still got a couple of days to vote. And um, you know, it's even if you vote on different, you know, not one game. I think like six of them maybe go in or something like that. So yeah. uh, so you can vote for different ones just to be fair.
1: Yeah, and um, and you might as well like uh, if you know if you want to be a part of the process, obviously, and see your your picks go in, then definitely you know go and vote.
0: Absolutely. So we're just gonna we're gonna go through these as twelve finalists right now, and we're just gonna touch on them. Um, you know, kind of give our thoughts, our history, our experience with some of these games, and you know if we feel maybe they're worthy to be um, inducted and enshrined into the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame.
1: All right, well then, uh, let's just get to it, since we have uh, 12 of them
0: to go. Let's get right to it. So, originally coming out in 2000, as, excuse me, 2001, as one of these original web-based Flash games, we're going to be talking about Bejeweled. Oh, wow,
1: okay. Which, I, that, I yeah, didn't expect that to be up. Which
0: <laughs> started, really, that kind of match-three um, uh craze, if you will, kind of akin to Tetris 2 or Pokemon Puzzle League, where you just move, you just move one piece around to match three or more, uh, three or more pieces. Um, so, and, of course, this is all coming from the website, just to mention real quick. Um, let's see. So, in 2013, it was estimated that this game was downloaded more than 500 million times. Mm-hmm. And in 2008, Entertainment Weekly called Bejeweled, the Gone with the Wind of the Casual Game World.
1: Well, yeah, because casual gaming, I think, was really just kind of uh, – I mean, Bejeweled was at the birth of casual gaming because, you know, your your average person didn't really game mm-hmm. regularly until cell phones started to become a thing. And not only becoming a thing, but once you were able to start downloading games, you know, on a mobile phone um, – it was just a cool way to pass the time. Now, granted, on your computers, you had like, um, you had Solitaire, you had Minesweeper, and, and stuff like that. But this was like the first really simple kind of puzzle game that anybody could just pick up and play. It absolutely. was just super easy to play.
0: And Solitaire is in the Hall of Fame, uh, in fact. Yes, it is. Uh, and yet, 2001 also really was the... Kind of, you know, the iPhone, I think, just came out in 2001. So, you know, cell phones were really getting ready to make Uh that dress. You know, let's, let's, for a moment, kind of, for those who don't remember or weren't around at the time, you know, when cell phones first came out, they were just a plethora of different styles, versions, sizes, Mm -hmm. clamshell, regular. I mean, they were nuts. You know, all the different kinds. The iPhone comes out. I'm not. This is. You know. I'm not saying. Ha. You know. iPhone did it. But when the iPhone came out, all the phones started to kind of become one style, the way we know it today. Touchscreen. You know. iPhone. There you go. You know. We all have a Touchscreen. Or know,
1: so. you know. Or Android.
0: Exactly. But they're that's that that style. So yeah. Yeah. They're little televisions. And I remember in 2001. I think that was around the year. I may have even gotten my first touch screen. Uh, I think it was a dare. Um, I forgot to put it. I think LG put out maybe a couple years later. But with the touch screen and even with the regular clamshells, and I don't know if you remember, I was definitely playing some of these mobile games and bejeweled. Yeah, you can on, on your commute to work. If you were taking the train or something, just pop out the cell phone and just play real quick and then you're done and walk away.
1: Yeah, I mean I was a little late I don't wanna say I was a little uh, I was late to the cell phone game, but I actually kinda held off on cell phones at the beginning because they were they were a huge craze and at the time I remember saying, Oh I don't want people to be able to find me every second of the day. Um, I, I just don't, I just didn't want that type of attachment to me. So I kind of held off. And the reason why I wound up getting a cell phone is because I was working on, a, um, I was working as a production assistant on a short film mm-hmm. and they sent me to go pick up one of the actors
2: hmm.
1: and, when I went to go pick up the actors, they accidentally gave me the wrong address. Oh. So I'm st- I was standing outside of this house for like 45 minutes and the actor's not coming out. And I'm like, well, what do I do? I, you know, I can't, you know, I'm just waiting here, waiting yeah. here. So then I walked down the block, find a payphone because there were still payphones around. Um, and I called the, uh, you know, I called the producer and I'm like, hey, I'm like, Where's this actor? I'm like, and I read her off the address, and she's like, oh, she's like, that's the wrong address. Don't. So then she gave me the correct address, and I drove down the street. It was like a block and a half down, and then of course there he was standing out there, and he's like, I've been waiting here for like an hour, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm sorry, they gave me the wrong address. And then when I came back, uh, you know, the the producer is like, yeah, you should really have a cell phone if you want to work in this business. And that's when, and that's when I went and got a cell phone.
0: There you go. I mean, eventually would have gotten one anyway, because that's just how we live today. But uh, that's pretty funny story
1: yeah I think that was like two thousand three or four.
0: Do you remember your first cell phone?
1: uh yeah, no it was uh it was a Motorola flip phone
0: okay, all right I had in little, fact,
1: I think I still have it
0: really that would be yeah, crazy I, if you did yeah,
1: no, I think it's hiding. I remember I put it in um I just put it in one of my bags and mm-hmm. left it there, and every so often when I open that bag, I'm like, oh look <laughs> I
0: <left it> <laughs> that is weird <laughs>
1: yeah
0: I had the uh, that little tiny Nokia blue phone.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. those. It was
0: really, like, st- oh, so tiny.
1: I never understood those really tiny ones where, like, uh, like your thumb was too big to even press the right numbers.
0: Oh, yeah, so so this is my wallet because I'm a minimalist yeah. now. So this was probably the size of my original cell phone. Yeah, and I'm I remember when I talk, it always felt weird. So it literally, I would talk like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Okay, I'll be right over <laughs> there soon. Uh, I, all the time, all the time. Yeah,
1: so. but the, you know, but those early phones weren't very bejeweled friendly. Not those. No,
0: no they weren't. But speaking of, I'm actually going to go a little out of order on this screen because this is a great way to go into the second uh, finalist, uh, Nokia Snake, which was on all cell phones.
1: <laughs> what was funny is I was going to say um, on my flip phone, I was like, I didn't have bejeweled because it was one of those simple phones, but I played Snake all the time.
2: Bejeweled.
1: Bejeweled,
0: I'm pretty sure you did have to pay to download. Snake was pre-installed on like every cell phone back then.
1: Yeah, and because you can you can make it with just like a couple of pixels. It wasn't you know it was it's one of the simplest games, and I loved Snake. It oh, was yeah. just so much fun.
0: Uh, and again, just reading straight from the website, uh, in 1997, Finnish tech company Nokia, I didn't realize they it were was, it was from Finland, uh, released a game to play on its mobile phone with a simple concept, move a snake around, gobbling up pixelated food. It was aptly named Snake. Uh, let's see, it was the first, uh, cell phone game to demonstrate that mobile phones could be significant gaming machines. It was pre-installed on more than 350 million phones. Wow. Uh, setting the stage for a mobile gaming revolution that would come a decade later with the introduction of Apple's iPhone and the App Store and Google Play and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so Snake was the kind of the pack-in game uh, for cell phones. And uh, I remember my little Nokia had Snake, and it had like a like a slot machine type game. Mm-hmm. But Snake was definitely the game to go. And what happens is you would eat the little food, and then your snake would get one pixel longer. And it was just an endurance game. That's really what it was.
1: Yeah, you were just you. You were trying to figure out. You, you were trying to make the longest snake that you possibly could make before Whatever. you ran into yourself. Exactly.
0: Basically. Exactly, or into the wall, or something like that. Yeah, um, and multitude of versions of Snake have come out since then. So.
1: Yeah, and and, and again, one of those things where it's like it's interesting. Uh, the first two that are up for. Uh, that are up for the hall of fame, because when I think of gaming, I don't necessarily go to uh, my brain doesn't go to mobile gaming because casual gaming to me is kind of almost a throwaway in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, you know, yeah, you start to realize, you know, talking about it like this is like the impact it had um, on the gaming industry mm-hmm. uh, because of how many people that it managed to reach out to that weren't, nece- again, weren't necessarily gamers.
0: And you know what, you know, and, and I hear what you're saying about that, but just to, you know, I mean, think of some of the games that are, that are in right now. Microsoft Solitaire uh base a casual game that came with every oh, yeah. computer. Uh the Oregon Trail, which we all learnt something. We all played it in school. So these kind of casual type games, to your point though, um, are definitely starting to show their age, but in a good way, you know, because it had all it had to start somewhere.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't put Oregon Trail in that category, but I would definitely say that uh, Solitaire. Definitely I you're talking about. That. You're right. I was yeah. kind of go. I was seeing computer. Oregon Trail yeah. is more like a text based. You're right.
0: Game. You're right. Um, all right, so let am just go back to the finalists. Well, here. All right, so we touched on two games: uh, Bejeweled and Snake. Um, how are you feeling right now about their in in uh, their finalist status? I think Snake absolutely belongs.
1: I think I, I actually think um, I think Snake belongs just for the sheer um, well the sheer breadth of what it covered. However, Bejeweled has a good standing as well because mm-hmm. you're talking about a game that basically defined a casual game genre. Like without Bejeweled, to your point, we not uh, Well, we talked about like Pokemon Puzzle League and stuff like that, but from Bejeweled we get stuff like Candy Crush.
0: Correct, um, correct. And I think yep. I think to your point, you could say Bejeweled helped the mobile side of it. Yes, you know again what? 2013 downloaded more than 500 million times, and that's the actual yeah. Bejeweled game. In fact, I think I even have Bejeweled on like the Xbox 360. I think it was like a free download or something.
1: Yeah, no, I have it too on my 360 Bejeweled Blitz. Yeah. It's called. Yeah, it, and it's just, yeah, and it's just because it's there. But that's what I'm saying. It's <clears> like it kind of it kind of gave it it, it it didn't give birth to, but it made that genre what it is today. And you can name any. I mean, you can almost name any like. Um, Kind of style or franchise or something like that. They've done a version of that game. I have a WWE version of Bejeweled.
0: WWE on my... champion. Yep. Yeah,
1: I mean right. that's that's pretty much what it is. It's bejeweled with a wrestling facelift. You know, facelift.
0: I can see. So you can say then the popularity of I think what you're saying, the popularity of Bejeweled and Snake. In fact, because they've 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 inadvertently made so many clones of these type of games that they absolutely are deserving to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I think they deserve the status. Okay. All righty, cool. um, but we'll see what else is on the list to see if they deserve it. Exactly, this
0: year. exactly. So coming up next, when it debuted in 1981, Atari's Centipede challenged players to blast an insect as it zigzagged across the screen in challenging patterns and at various speeds. Um, Centipede, I mean, is just an arcade staple of of the the early 80s.
1: Oh yeah, no, and I remember playing. I remember playing that game like crazy as a kid in the arcade, um, and eventually on my Atari when I got it. Of course, didn't look as good on the Atari compared to the arcade. <laughs> but,
0: but at, the, at time, the time, at the time, it was at worth it. At the
1: time, it didn't matter. Yep. I was like, I had it in my home. I didn't have to. I didn't have to beg <laughs> my parents for quarters exactly. to go play it. So I was perfectly fine with it. Uh, between centipede and then uh, millipede as well. The
0: sequel, millipede. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah um, millipede. I remember Millipede being more challenging because the Millipede was faster.
0: Yes, yeah. And, uh, of course, that also, uh, you know, learning what a Centipede is and what a Millipede is at that point. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And Centipede, yeah, no, Centipede was a great game. I mean, uh, I again, it's one of those ones even now, like, uh, if you have Atari Classics on your PS4 place. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. It's a game that you can very easily find, and it's it's a great way to throw away five right. or ten minutes.
0: Here's an interesting I didn't realize this. Uh, co-designed by... Donna Bailey, D-O-N-A, I guess Donna. Donna Bailey, one of the only female programmers in the 1980s arcade video game industry, the game helped attract more women into the arcade. So, um, you know, so especially yes. during the 80s, um, you know, you would think these arcades were just dominated by, you know, teenage boys, which for the most part they were. But, um, you know, got, I guess, you know, hearing, uh, you know, what a female lead designer or co designer, uh, you know, that, and that brings in, A, not only a whole, another half actually of you know uh society uh to play yep. games and but i'm sure the arcade owners were like sweet that's just more money coming in
1: yeah, impact value,
0: basically. Exactly. Uh, and, then of course, Centipede, uh, most recently, every time I think of Centipede now, uh, I think of Pixels, the movie Pixels from a few years ago, um, the uh, Adam yeah. Sandler movie. It was Which, fun. you know, to,
1: the, to this day, I still haven't seen.
0: Really? I mean, again, it's not going to win any Oscars. It's not going to blow you out of the seat. But for, for what they did and the nostalgia factor... I still love that movie for that for that matter, and there's a great centipede scene in it um, that does it justice. So okay, I'll get around
1: to it yeah, at some point. That's what's good I about free time.
0: <laughs> that's what's good about pixels. It, it it does all the games that they feature justice. Okay. So it's pretty cool. Uh, all right, so centipede. Um, you know, I personally wasn't a fan of the game. I just I wasn't. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just never. I never really played it that much.
1: What centipede?
0: Centipede.
1: Uh, okay. All right. Well, you know, uh, it's one of those ones where uh, you just had to have a you know have a appeal towards it. Right. I mean, it's like any game. I mean, there are some games that you find more appealing than others. Um Centipede was definitely one of the arcade cabinets I would hit up in the arcade when I was there.
0: All right. Next up, released first by Konami as an arcade game. Oh, duh. All right. Frogger challenged players to navigate a frog through oncoming traffic and over Ooh. a river, combining simple mechanics with increasingly difficult gameplay. Um, Frogger, I absolutely played whenever I saw this cabinet in the arcade.
1: Yes. As did I. I mean that that was just a no brainer. In fact, I think uh, Frogger was maybe one of the first. No, it wouldn't have been one of the first games. I think it was one of the earlier games that I got on my Atari Twenty Six Hundred because that port was actually pretty solid. Yeah,
0: there's really not much to it. You got the frog, you got the traffic, you got the logs. You know, a Mm -hmm. couple of alligators every now and again. Um, The simplicity of Frogger. You know, it was just you would think it's so simple, but it's so difficult at times.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be a challenge to it because uh, as the boards, as the boards went on, the traffic got a little bit faster. You know, there was that one lane that had the race cars, I would call <laughs> yes, them. Yes, uh, that would just like come out of nowhere, and then of course the crocodile that would show up or yeah. uh, that would show up in the uh, uh, on the end there when you're trying to <laughs> jump in, um, or even in the water going across. Like they had them, so they. they, they with what they had to work with it was a very clever game
0: yes and you know remember back then there were no final level so all that did was just get harder and harder and harder
2: yeah i still don't understand when was the last time you thought about your batteries i mean that's what they do right stay unnoticed unseen shoved in a battery compartment and click your stuff works but you're going to be thinking about this one duracell optimum the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top toothbrushes faster Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment and click. Your stuff works, but you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than Copper Top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum.
1: What it meant when you got the, remember the the white frog that would turn you white? I didn't understand like, if it just gave you extra points or did it make you go faster? I think it made you go faster.
0: I don't remember a white frog. I know you got like a bug or something that you jumped on or jumped on your back and that gave you bonus points.
1: Nah, there was one where a like sometimes frog. on the hmm. water scene where the logs are going across, there would be a frog walking back and forth. And when you grabbed it, uh, it was a white frog. And when you grabbed it, it did something. And I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it made you go faster or not, but it did something.
0: Hmm. I, I, you know, that's the first time hearing that.
1: Really? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, some something for you to look at.
0: Absolutely, we'll have to check that out later.
1: Uh... But if <laughs> I were to if I were to take a to pick, since they both came out around the same time, let's say Frogger and Centipede, oh, yeah. I would lean toward I would lean towards Frogger. Me too.
0: Uh, I would too. Uh, in fact, um, let's see. Uh, Game launched more than twenty five official and unofficial sequels and reboots. Mm-hmm. Uh one of them actually on the PlayStation. Remember PlayStation for a while was kind of like rebooting these games yes. like Pong and all them. Frogger was one of them and was a really good port. Um there's even an official Frogger sequel or a remake or whatever you want to call it now on Apple Arcade that's exclusive to Apple Arcade. Oh that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I never took advantage of those uh, those reboots on PlayStation. I think it was PS2, right? That really did that? No, it was no.
0: Original PS1. Yep.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I never took advantage of this. I used to buy all the classic collections, but I never, like, 25 different versions of Frogger. <laughs> they, they, they made that many.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Frogger has been the subject of a song by the band Bad Religion. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I got to go back and check that out.
1: I got to check that out, too. That would definitely be 80s.
0: (laughs) Featured in Walt Disney's Wreck-It Ralph. And perhaps most famously, and I love this episode, it was a centerpiece 1988. That's not true. Probably a 98 episode. uh, Centerpiece of an episode of Seinfeld.
1: Oh yeah, that would have to be ninety eight. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah, that was a little typo. Um, that was the best. Was, uh, the The pizza shop was closing up. Uh, George had the high score, and his name was still in there, which we all know is impossible because when the power goes out, you know, all that resets. Yeah. But uh, and then he was trying to get it across the street, and they do a. a, a Uh, A top-down view, and you see George with the machine, basically doing frog. It's hysterical. Uh, Great episode.
1: I guess I I should see that episode.
0: (laughs) It's a good one. It's really a good one. Um, All right. uh, Next up. Oh, this is. I gotta say, this is. I mean, Anthony doesn't know the list. Obviously, I'm looking at it here. Uh, This one's. I'm actually
1: gonna. I'm actually grabbing a little post-it to write them down so I can selections later. All right, so so where are we? So So we have have we have snake, we have bejeweled
0: snake, bejeweled centipede, and frogger. Centipede
1: and frogger. Twelve in
0: total. And uh, we're going to do a couple more here, right off the bat.
1: Yeah, um, go for it. What you got? Because we haven't hit we haven't hit the real consoles yet. Uh,
0: no, no. How dare you? An arcade is a real console.
1: No, you know what I mean. Like the real home <laughs> console.
0: No, I know. Uh, one, two, three, four. Well, we are about right now, and it's funny this one comes up because you have mentioned many times how this is a great game, but you never played it. The Nintendo 64's GoldenEye 007 stormed into living rooms in 1997 and proved that the first-person shooter game could succeed on the home console.
1: Yeah, and as proven by the um, Predator demo I played last night on PlayStation 4, I am still not equipped for (laughs) first-person shooters.
0: I gotta download that. It's not on Xbox, actually. It, It seems like a PS4 exclusive.
1: Yeah, so to um, that. I think it's going to be it's it's being created by Elphonic the, the company that made the Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. All right, cool. um, I, 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 I'll reserve my judgment at the moment, but from the demo itself, it's not wowing me. Right, but it, again, also a big portion of it is first person <laughs> shooting. And I can play maybe two or three rounds before I get a
0: headache. <laughs> there you go. So, um, you know, gold, but you, but I know you still appreciate GoldenEye, and and you understand yes. the impact that this game had for oh yeah, not only the N64, but just just gaming at home and and gaming as a group.
1: Well, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I think you can credit GoldenEye as one of the first games to really up the multiplayer experience. It was like it was like basically playing Doom right or wolfenstein Any of with those. three yeah. friends
0: absolutely you know? this got me through college um you know got a lot of people through college it did it was one of the top i mean i could say that uh mario party and at least on the uh, third floor of Earl Hall uh, over there on uh, Delphi University campus, uh, Pokemon Puzzle League was also very popular during the late '90s and early 2000s. But um, Golden Eye was just that. I I don't. I mean, I played. I am not a hundred percent sure. I I think I beat it. I'm, I think I beat it, but I can't guarantee. I may have to put that one on the list. Um, okay, but. Um, the 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 single player was fantastic, but that multiplayer was phenomenal. And we're talking, folks, old school, screen split, just four screen. You saw sure. everyone's, you know, screen what they were doing, and um, you know, you can play different versions of the game. You know, they had uh, the man with the golden gun, which was a kill with one shot. Um, and then I remember we would play, like, uh, prison rules. Uh, you know, which meant if you didn't have a gun, too bad. <laughs> you were still wow. getting shot at. Because sometimes you'd try and lay down, like, house rules. Um, right. But it was, yeah, GoldenEye was fantastic. And based on at least for me personally, one of my favorite 007 movies.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, again, 007 has been, uh, that. that's one of the, even film-wise, like, um, I've never been a huge James Bond fan. Okay. I've only seen a handful of movies. Um, Goldeneye is not no. one of them. Pierce Brosnan? No. no. Okay. No, uh, no, I've definitely not seen Goldeneye. I saw the, the really bad one with Holly Berry, though.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, uh, what, The World is Not Enough, I think?
1: Yeah, whatever. It dies. I just I know that I, just seeing the surfing scene was enough to turn me off on the bill. I was like, okay. I was like, this is garbage. Um, but uh, just me, I've never been a big James Bond fan. Um, so GoldenEye for me, even, even though it was a first person shooter and it didn't work for me because of my brain. Um, it was not a game that appealed to me because it was based off of a, a franchise that again, didn't mm-hmm. appeal to me. So it was just one of those things where it didn't line up for me. However, um, again, again, the gravity of this game and the importance of this game and how it defined the genre. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's worthy of inclusion in all of it.
0: And what's great about this one is it was remade later on for the Wii and it was golden eye. And what was great is basically the exact same game. It came packed in, it came with a gold, uh, Wii classic controller, which is very fun. Uh, nice. but what they did was even though it's still called golden eye came out during the Wii and, Daniel Craig was James Bond, so they replaced Pierce Brosnan with Daniel Craig in the game, and they just kept going with it, <laughs> which I thought I'd, was pretty interesting.
1: I'd, I'd say that was a good move.
0: <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, though, was my favorite Bond, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. Is but he? whatever. Honestly, I love Pierce Brosnan.
1: Okay. I'm well, not saying um, the others I mean. can't. Whoa, well, whoa, well, wait. I can't. I can't really <laughs> talk to it. Um, I just know every other Bond fan would probably kill you.
0: Oh, probably. You know, Connery and Moore were fantastic. Timothy Dalton, eh. But for me... It was Pierce Brosnan, okay. so we'll, well, uh, I'll wait for the comments on that one. Uh, oh, okay, and then uh, <laughs> uh, one more here, and then I'm just going to take a quick little break here, but we're going to talk about this one. This, uh, hmm, this, again, spawned a lot, so let's go right into it. Launched in 2005, Harmonix's Guitar Hero challenged <clears throat> players to unleash their inner rock star by following on-screen notes and strumming to the beat of popular music on a plastic guitar.
1: Yes and you 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 know how I feel about
0: guitar. Oh, yeah. it's it's and let's talk let's back up for one second. I think it was uh, uh before the Castlevania episodes. One before that we were talking about um amplitude and we were talking about frequency. Oh, uh, maybe when we were live on 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 uh, Instagram. Uh, which yeah. by the way instagram uh, check us out retro gamers podcast randomly me and anthony are going to hop on there do a live just to talk and you know interact with people during this whole time so uh, be on the yes. lookout for that um but yeah and, you know uh you know uh, amplitude and frequency which uh, now that i have my ps2 hooked up i can't wait i got to find those games um yeah. those at first, before we get into Guitar Hero, you know those games are very addicting with the rhythm-based hit the button at the and 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 time with the music.
1: Yeah, I mean um, they they kind of took a they kind of took a concept that to me started in my you know in my gaming experience kind of started with Parappa the Rapper on okay, PlayStation Fair enough. Yep, where you had to press oh. things in time. Yeah. Um. And so, but then, you know, when Frequency came out, not only was it, um, not only was it different in the sense of you were only focusing on hitting the notes. Like there wasn't an overall gameplay outside of it. It was Mm -hmm. just, you're playing the song, you're hitting the notes and you're, you're choosing which ones you're hitting. Like Mm -hmm. in other words, like you had tracks for guitar, drums, singing, but they licensed music. So you were playing actual songs you heard on the radio. So there was, there was a, you know, there was, there was huge interest in that, um, and you know, and now fast forward to Guitar Hero, where you're literally playing. Well, you know, you're not playing a real guitar, but you're playing a controller based version of guitar for these songs. And I'll never forget um, Guitar Hero, the first one, yes, monumental. The second one track list on the second one was amazing and then they topped that for me when they came out with rocks the 80s yeah Because rocks the 80s i played and i basically played (laughs) until my fingers quote unquote bled uh which 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 in that case would be carpal tunnel
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh guitar Hero. i was i think i i got in on it probably like guitar hero 2 Uh, i don't think i really played the original guitar hero um but Guitar Hero the you're talking about like those spin-offs. Guitar Hero Aerosmith, Guitar Hero the Beatles, uh yep. ACD, I, ACDC Live. I loved that one. Yep. Um Metallica,
1: Black, I think, had one too, didn't they?
0: Careful, uh, yeah, we may be
1: dipping into rock band, so uh okay.
0: But still rock but, band though is all part yeah, of that I genre. Just say,
1: with, no, no, I was gonna say without Guitar Hero we probably we may not have gotten rock band.
0: And Rock Band brought in, introduced a bass, drums, singing. And, yep. you know, you mentioned you were not playing with a real guitar. There is a game, though. I think it's called Rockstar or something, or Rocksmith.
1: Rock, Rocksmith. 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 Where yeah. you actually hook up a real guitar. Yes. I wanted to pick up that game just to see if I can learn how to play a guitar game. Because I, I a long time ago, I tried it, playing guitar. I, I and think, I failed miserably.
0: <laughs> me too. Way long ago. Also, because the guy didn't want to teach me because I was left-handed. Um yeah. But with Rocksmith, I heard, I think as a, like, you're not going to probably learn, learn, like you'll learn basic stuff. And I guess as you keep doing it, you'll you'll get the hang of it. But if you're already playing a guitar, like people I know who already are good at guitar cannot play Rocksmith because you have to go through the tutorial and it's just, Uh, it's too slow for them. (laughs) It's too basic. But Guitar Hero, probably one of the few uh, games, eventually Activision took it over, that has quite literally appeared on every console yeah. that was available at the time, including mobile. I had it on DS. Which is oh, yeah, I remember play. that.
1: Yeah, no, it, nope. it, it, it spanned every single console, so there was no, like, you couldn't get away from it. Um, and, I mean, that, and that was the great thing about it, because um, and, uh, uh, Guitar Hero just made you feel like you were part of the music.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, not only that, but eventually remember the downloadable tracks
1: yes oh yeah yeah when we started getting there then it was like the sky was the limit absolutely um again like rock you know i mean that's not, not to take away from guitar here but like i have over 500 songs on my rock band mm-hmm. in my rock band collection that my friends and i have played up until maybe like six months ago i think yeah. six months ago we actually pulled it all out and played <laughs> uh you know played like rock band again because it's just fun absolutely uh so started with guitar
0: Guitar Hero series has sold more than 25 million units worldwide and more than 60 million tracks. I don't know what that means. Earning more than two billion dollars. Wow. So that's a lot of money. So, uh, Guitar Hero putting it on the list. Uh, again, I feel like it's definitely worthy. Um, of the Hall of Fame. Uh, We'll see as far as if it's worthy for 2020, seeing what the rest, we have six more to talk about, which we will, will, in a moment, we're going to take just a quick break. Uh, I mean, it's going to be real quick for you, uh, because it's probably just going to be instantaneous, but uh, we'll be back to talk about the rest of the 2020 Hall of Fame Video Game Hall of Fame.
1: All right, Larry, it is time for this week's retro birthday. Oh, I have a really extra special retro birthday for us this week.
0: All right, what comes out? Um,
1: And, uh, you know, normally our retro birthdays focus on a specific game or console, but I would like to point out this week's retro birthday It um, happens to be something a little bit beyond that. We are celebrating the 40th Retro birthday of I? one Mr. Larry Mormon. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Well, I mean come on. No, talk about retro birthdays all the time. Maybe. We are the retro gamers, so I think this is a perfect opportunity <laughs> for me and for everybody else to recognize. Um a very obviously a very special monumental occasion. Oh yeah, uh, god uh, yeah. 4-0. How are you feeling? about, uh, about this, because when this episode drops, you will have turned 40 yesterday.
0: Uh, no, today, uh, yesterday, yes, yeah, right, it drops on the 31st. Um, yeah, well, I don't feel a day over 30, 39, I should say. Um, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting, or I guess it will feel interesting, um, not the way I wanted to celebrate it but uh, you know we'll, we'll take it for what it's worth right now uh, especially because I had so much planned <laughs> for my yes. 40th birthday uh, so we may have to uh, do a big 41st birthday as far as that uh, together well,
1: you can do you can do you can do a uh, 40 plus
0: one this is true this Perfect. is true 40 and a half uh, no I do I do appreciate that um, yeah, it's you know 40 years uh, it's, it's a long time and I'm feeling every bit of it but You know, doing stuff like this with the podcast, especially with you, talking about retro games. All the pops behind me. You probably wouldn't even think I'm 40, but um, yeah, it's... uh, The aches and pains are there, but (laughs) but as long as we're still here doing the podcast. But I appreciate that, so thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers to you,
1: Larry, and that has been this week's (laughs) Retro Birthday.
0: Oh yeah, my mother's favorite. All right, so we're back. Uh, we are going to continue on. We have six more nominees, if you will, finalists, actually, as they're called, for the 2020 Video Game Hall of Fame. If you're just tuning in right now to the podcast or YouTube, I don't know why you're jumping halfway in, but you're doing what you're right. doing. So, uh, and what are the first six that we went over already?
1: All right, so the first six games that have been nominated for the Hall of Fame this year are Snake. Mm-hmm. Jeweled, Centipede, mm. Frogger,
0: okay.
1: Goldeneye, and yes. Guitar Hero. All right. So, well,
0: very insect heavy in the beginning, but then we saw Branching out. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Well, we, we, we not got, insect, we got, but animal. Yeah, we did. Now we got yes we we were very insect you know insect amphibian driven
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in a way uh, but um, but yeah so now we got uh, we got another six to go Larry so let's uh, let's kick it off let's get right
0: into it all right so uh, uh, let's see if I'm not mistaken this maybe our first and no not only but our first PC game uh, designed by Sierra Online co-founder Roberta Williams King's Quest from 1984 Ooh. introduced players. I- to a fantastical world of Daventry.
1: Yes, King's Quest. I loved King's Quest. Did West. you
0: play had... it? Yes, I did. Oh, thank goodness, because I do not. I've never played this game, and I kind of thought this was going to be the one that we we're going to kind of stumble through.
1: <laughs> uh, no, we're probably going to stumble through it a little bit because I, I don't remember which one I played. If it was like four or five, but mm-hmm. um, I had I had a King's Quest um, set. In fact, I gotta see if I still have it Uh in my good. So this is my this is my PC game um, binder that I've had since the early to mid. Yeah, you had.
0: I remember that from back in the day.
1: Yeah, I've never gotten rid of it, and you know, it's funny when I go through this and I see like the the discs that I stuffed in here because a lot of them aren't aren't really PC games. Uh, (laughs) Oh, so some of it's cheating. No, what? Some of it's cheating. Well, no, but here it is. Right here. Oh King's yeah, look at that! Right there. Nice. So, um, I did. Yeah. So I did have the uh, King's Quest collection. Uh, this was. I bought this back in. Wow. This was for Windows 2000 XP. So this was kind of somewhere around 2000 that I bought. Oh, wow. That. Okay. Uh, but what was really cool about it was, uh, yeah, they were just these really cool. I almost want to say they looked eight bit, eight bit adventures.
2: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: And here comes a cat. hello. <laughs> um, Go to go to your pillow.
0: I don't think she's interested. There she goes. Yeah,
1: pillow. <laughs> um, so, so, no, pillow. <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, we're podcasting. You don't want to be on? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, King's Quest was just really, you know, again, um, I didn't get too far into the games. I'm not going to lie. But mm-hmm. they were they were really interesting in the sense of when they came out around the time, you know, when they came out in the 80s, they were very... They were just special games because you got to go on a literally like this fantasy style Mm -hmm. quest throughout the land of Daventry, Um, and you know you you run into all of these encounters and stuff like that, and it was just it was just kind of a fun new way of playing because you know it was it was also one of the games I remember first game I remember playing where it's like you walked off screen to a new screen, okay, um, and just really cat's doing right now, (laughs) yeah, basically walking off screen to a new screen.
0: My water. <laughs> um, so the fairy tale setting. <laughs> maybe maybe next time, give you give your animal some water.
1: <laughs> but she ju- she just drank water from her bowl, and, that, and that was, that, now it's like, oh, that's yours. No, it's mine.
0: <laughs> that's fresh.
2: When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. your stuff works but you're going to be thinking about this one duracell optimum the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top toothbrushes faster screwdrivers faster rc cars yeah an upgrade without upgrading so just this one time do you and your devices a favor An upgrade to the power of duracell optimum
0: fresh water um so the fairy tale setting unique visuals and irrelevant humor uh, yes. irrever- Irreverent. Irreverent. Irreverent humor. Uh, helped to make the game a hit on personal computers and popularized the graphic adventure genre. That's why I never played it. I just never was, and even today, just not into PC gaming. Just not me. Stop teasing yeah. your cat. Because <laughs> now, now it's on video.
1: I'm not teasing her. She just... <laughs> you won't like Britta. There she goes. <laughs> no Britta like,
0: for you. Only toilet water for the cats. Uh <laughs>
1: Uh Go to your pillow.
0: So, uh, oh, Sierra Online produced seven... All right, this cat is going to be... Produced seven sequels, and the game influenced dozens of adventure games that followed, and established Williams, uh, that's Roberta Williams, as one of the most significant game designers of the 80s and 90s.
1: Yes. Um, So, again, uh, not that much experience with it, but from when I remember playing... Again, I probably haven't played it in, like, 25 years. But they did did release a... Oh, she's mad. Um, They did release a... um, did They uh, They released a newer version of King's the, Quest on the PS4 and Xbox One. If I
0: think so. Uh, I was just trying to look it up as we were talking here. Um, yeah. There was uh, – where did it go? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, King's Quest, the complete collection, came out in 2015. Um, let's see. And then there were other versions. Uh, I can't find it right off the bat, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I thought I saw something like that, um, like a remake almost or a reboot yes. of sorts. Yes. Here we go. King's Quest. Yeah, catalog. it
1: was uh, King's Quest Episodical reimagining of the by the Odd Gentleman in 2015.
0: Yep. Came, oh, actually, came out PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, yep. and Xbox One. All right, there we go. So yeah. So and, right.
1: and it was yeah, it was really cool. Like obviously, with upgraded graphics mm-hmm. and everything like that,
0: it was just kind of fun. Um. Now, I mean. I'm not going to say it's a terrible game. It's just for me, I probably wouldn't look to put this one into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Again, personally, I'm not a PC gamer, but be that as it may, I know there's a lot of top quality PC games. But King's Quest doesn't jump out at me. I'm familiar with the name, but um, I'm not going to be disappointed if it goes in. All these games are deserving some way, shape, or form. But for me personally, I'd probably skip King's Quest.
1: Yeah no i mean it's um again when i look at all the other ones on the list at this point so far um, yeah yeah so far i'm i failed to see um the impact like mm-hmm. or it doesn't it doesn't have the impact like the other ones do fair
0: enough all right so moving on uh with its endless play possibilities minecraft has become a global a phenomenon bullish. since its induction introduction in 2009 Uh, As of 2019, the game has sold more than 176 million copies across all platforms, with more copies sold for console than for personal computers. I'm actually shocked at that.
1: Uh, I am not, because Minecraft tends to skew younger, and I think just younger people play on console more than uh, on PC. I
0: wonder if they're counting tablets as a console.
1: Uh, oh, wouldn't surprise me.
0: Because that's where I kind of see it more with kids on tablets and stuff.
1: Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. Um, have you ever gotten into Minecraft?
0: I played it for a little while, actually on Xbox. Uh, Xbox 360, I think I played it on. Um, you know, it's awesome. I mean, first of all, it's, a, it's one of the first, if not the first, what's called sandbox games. Where you kind of, you just create the game. Um, it also was one of the first ones to kind of make, popularize that like low-grade, even though it's not really low-grade, you can play it in high-def, but like that low-grade blocky look that makes mm-hmm. it look very 8-bit, because um, after that, after that first Minecraft came out, everything almost started going to that 8-bit look to it, that blocky look, yeah. um, but uh, I tried playing it again. It. I know there's a, there's an adventure mode in there somewhere. Um, in fact, just last night, I was, I was just going through YouTube, and on the PC version of Minecraft, you can actually download a, a mod where you can make... I, it blows my mind how this works, I still haven't figured it out. A one-to-one scale of the planet Earth in Minecraft. Wow. I'm saying that correctly. One to one scale of planet Earth. But why? Just, just to do it. Like, you know, I mean, someone's not making it by hand. You know, it, it, it yeah. imports stuff from Google Maps and everything. Uh, right. But because uh, they were using the Mount Everest as an example, um, where with this mod, with this hack, you can actually climb Mount Everest, like its actual height. So. Well,
1: maybe I should get Minecraft just to do that, because I'm not doing it in real life.
0: But even though I never played Minecraft, I definitely understand the impact it's had on gaming. Oh, yeah. Especially for the younger kids, where now Minecraft is used as, like, a teaching tool for kids with programming.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, again, to your point, I mean, it's a sandbox. Mm-hmm. It's literally a sandbox. It's like you go in there and you build whatever you want, you know, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. And and if you if you search online, you can see some amazing things that have been built in it. I remember seeing, um, like, uh, the Legend of Zelda, the mm-hmm. original Legend of Zelda, like, built in there. Or somebody tried building Legend of Zelda in Minecraft as a 3 d base oh, game. Oh, interesting. The original one? Yeah. Uh, and then Nintendo went after that, of <laughs> Absolutely. Because uh, that's what they do. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're – um, uh, the, I guess the, the the most important thing to point out with Minecraft, not only for 100, you know, 176 million downloads, is huge. Um, but again, kind of creating a whole new genre, like mm-hmm. san- this whole sandbox genre that didn't exist really before, mm-hmm. um, unless again you were a computer programmer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, led to Roblox, led to you can kind of say Super Mario Maker, maybe in a way with the idea of that sandbox type uh, thing. Right. Um,
1: well, if that's the case, then I want to rewind all the way to Excitebike. On That's true. NES. Yes. ExcitePike used to have a build your own course.
0: It did. That's right. Ah! Ah, there you go. So Minecraft, out of the running. um So I think Minecraft absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think because of how it is. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, oh boy. Now it's, now it's pillow time. What? <laughs> is it pillow time then? Is
0: it pillow time or lap time?
1: I have no idea what. I've been, I've been home so much, I get, like, half the time the cats are like, why the hell are you still here? And then the other <laughs> half is pay attention to me. <laughs> so
0: it's,
1: this is the pay attention to me portion of the day.
0: There you go. Uh, so with Minecraft, I think the fact that it it is expanded out of just regular gameplay and into, like I said, schools that are teaching programming with Minecraft. There's Minecraft summer camps. Uh, again, wow. for kids to learn how that's to use insane. and pro, not just to play the game, they're using it as a teaching tool. I don't know all the details on how Minecraft is used as a teaching tool. All I know is is that I've heard it's been successful.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and 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 again, and that's the type of thing. Also, like when you when you think about impact, like this has actually become part of education. Mm -hmm. It's like an educational program. So, you can't really say that about that many games.
0: Yeah. Again, you
1: brought up Oregon Trail earlier. You know, um, that's an educational type of game that they played in schools. Well, now, now you have a game that you bring in where you're teaching kids how to program, essentially.
0: So, um... So we're we're recording. I've got to point this out. I got this message on my phone. We're recording on March 29th, obviously, in the heart of everything that's happening right now. Right now, he's got a notice from Fox Sports. You know, every once in a while, if a game is starting or something, you know, yep. which right now we have no sports. But NASCAR is doing e NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series. That's. They're awesome. doing virtual racing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I was waiting to see when esports were going to pop up during this time because that's really, that's probably the only thing that can happen right now because everybody can do it remotely.
0: That is, I'm done. You know what? I'm going to have to look that up later. I'm curious to see what about, that looks yeah. like.
1: How about, uh, how about uh, you know, WWE 2K20 WrestleMania?
0: This is that, well, uh, maybe. Wait a minute. Look at that. Hold on. I'm sorry. They're actual, what, Are they playing an actual game here? Uh...
1: That's awesome. Uh, I can't see what, what they need game. to do is they need to actually get the real race drivers to, dr- to do no, it. No, 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 they are. Oh, they are. Is that a, is yeah. that doing? Wow. Okay, that's kind of cool.
0: Um, the four drivers moving in will join 31 former or active drivers from the NASCAR Cup Series for the main event. Should any Cup drivers add or drop? Blah blah blah, blah, blah. Um, That is crazy. I wish I knew what game actual game they're using. This that's is kind of awesome. that's funny. All right. Well, that's where we're at right now, folks. So.
1: Okay, soon to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Interesting. Yeah, right. Okay, Uh, so up next, speaking speaking of sports, Midway Games NBA Jam, mixed gravity-defying slam dunks, frantic gameplay, over-the-top commentary, and a roster of real NBA stars. Boom
1: shakalaka.
0: Or as it adds, well, let me read that verbatim. Uh, and roster of real National Basketball Ball Association stars. <laughs> nice. All right, whatever. Um, oh, let me, this is some interesting facts. Let me read the rest of it here. Released first to the arcades in 1993, it earned operators $1 billion in revenue in its first year and became one of the most important sports arcades, excuse me, sports arcades games of all time. Later entered millions of homes on console systems and spawned three sequels. Its success led Midway Games to create an entire sports arcade game division, which ran from 97 to
2: 2012.
1: Okay, now, that, well, geez, I mean, you can see, you can basically see how much that uh, meant for the industry mm-hmm. at the time. Um, NBA Jam, I you know, I was not, I've never been a basketball fan. Yeah, neither not I. not my sport. Mm-hmm. Not my sport. Uh, did not stop me from playing NBA Jam. Um, <laughs> it was probably the only basketball game I've ever owned. Um, or probably the last basketball game I've ever owned. Because um, I remember having a couple on, like, the Sega Genesis.
0: Yeah, they had, like, um, you know, Jordan vs. Bird or Bulls versus Blazers. Yeah, like those that. I had. Yeah.
1: But uh, I got to say, yeah, NBA Jam, it was just mm. fun. Just flat out fun.
0: I don't think I ever... I think I played it on a home console first before actually playing in the arcade. When I started in the arcade, I, yeah, I wasn't drawn to it, but playing at home, and it was also, I remember NBA Jam being one of the first um, multiplayer games that I seriously played with friends, because um, this was before high school, so before I met you, um, on the uh, Super Nintendo with the four-player oh, adapter. Yeah. So, I remember doing that. NBA Jam, you know, the the, the style of it, yeah, actual game, uh, actual uh, Basketball players in two on two. Yes, it is wackiness. Uh, but you always had a uh, oh, what's his face? Oh, I can't remember the guy, the commentator's name. You know, he's heating up. He's on fire. You know, um, and then the classic yeah. boom shakalaka. What the hell was that guy's name?
1: Yeah, I mean that was that was that was all part of the appeal of that game. That was oh, just yeah. all part of the fun. Um, also- and again, it was it, it was super. It was just really exciting because it was fast. It used to go yes. really really fast.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, because it wasn't, because the, the rules, you know, the gameplay was arcade. It wasn't an actual, yeah. it wasn't a simulation. Right. Um, uh, Alright, i to have to find that guy's name later. It's going to bug me uh, who did the voiceover. But anyway. Um, and of course, also NBA Jam was one of the first arcade games and home console games. I remember having so m- like a plethora of, um, like, unlockable players, mm-hmm. uh, unlockable codes, like the big head mode. Um or, you know what, I'm going to try and look it up right now, some of the um, unlockable players that were in the game. Um, do you remember, like, they just had so many of them.
1: No, I, you know, again, it's a game I, I probably haven't played since the arcade. Um, I don't remember if I ever owned it in, on the um, uh, on any console.
0: Oh, no? Oh, okay.
1: So, I'm trying to remember if I did. I mean, I remember playing it with friends, but it may have been because they had it, not me.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, And remember, also, on a side note, it did launch, like, football, NFL Blitz, uh, Uh, hockey, two-on-two open ice challenge. I do remember that one. And for baseball, MLB Slugfest. Uh, Yeah, so there was a lot. I remember, uh, like, the one, like, major name as far as unlockable was, uh, at the time, uh, President Bill Clinton.
1: Yes, I remember um, him
0: <laughs> being very. Clear. Yeah, he
1: was. He was. He was in there. Uh, well, here, here I have the list of the bonus characters. Oh, yeah,
0: right, right, yeah. I was trying to find it. Okay.
1: Uh, so Eric Samolsky, Mark Turmel, Sal okay. Devita, okay. Okay. Jamie Rivet, Bill Clinton, Al Gore was also oh. <laughs> in it. Uh, Dan Weasel Feinstein, mm-hmm. Asif Chow Chow Chowdhury, sure. Uh Tom Scruff, Rademacher... Eric Kabuki Kubi, Warren Moon, George P, George P. Funk, Clinton. Oh yes, George
0: that's right.
1: And Air Dog.
0: <laughs> I think also the Hornets mascot made it to one of the versions, and I just read they never yes. made it never made it to development, but they were thinking about putting in Godzilla and Bart Simpson.
1: Oh, that would have been cool. <laughs> um, yeah, in in later versions, you were able to play. Barack Obama, Joe Biden. Oh, those are the, yeah,
0: the, the newer ones, yeah. Like
1: the one. And then the mascots, to your point, um, they had a whole bunch of those. Then they had an ri- original Jan team. Uh, you could also, again, uh, to stick with the the political theme: George W. Bush, Sarah Palin, John McCain, and Dick Cheney. <laughs> well, I just threw everybody in.
0: All right, fair yeah, enough. They, they just... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, this game... Uh, I think definitely ushered in the cool. sports arcade game, meaning just you go in, it's a short game, like you said. Yep. You know, you're not really playing with the traditional rules as much. But uh, NBA Jam, I think definitely deserving to be in.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I agree with that for sure.
0: All right. So this is one of two games where I feel like it's not the game series. I think we're talking about the literal game itself. And this is what I'm talking about. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee, specifically,
1: appeared
0: in 2001, and its appealing characters, tight control, and polished gameplay enabled Nintendo to sell more than 7 million copies, making it the best-selling game for the GameCube console. that's not saying much. (laughs) Well, the GameCube, very underrated, as we've said before. Uh,
1: It was very underrated, and if it had more third-party support, I honestly think it would have been a bigger hit.
0: It had more first-party support probably as well, but be that That's true, too. Uh, One of the
1: first, was it the first, it was the first Nintendo console to come out without a Mario game. At launch.
0: At, at launch. Yeah. At, at launch.
1: launch. So, yeah, it, uh, it it started with Luigi's Mansion, if I remember. Yes, correctly. it did.
0: That was exactly mm-hmm. what it was. So yep. Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube. So I uh, I've I've gone on record saying I'm not a f I am not I was not a fan of the Smash Brothers series at all until the Wii U. Um you had it on the N sixty four. I remember we played it for a little while, but you loved yes.
1: it. Yeah, N64. I really loved it. And Melee and Melee was the one that kind of perfected it. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of they expanded the roster, it got uh, the levels were cooler. The uh, the 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 special abilities you had were great. And then on top of it, I mean, it made such an impact that even today you can still play in Super Smash Brothers Melee tournaments. Oh yeah, they they still exist because um, any Melee uh, any Smash Brothers player will tell you that this is the definitive edition. Now, granted, I don't know where Ultimate. Weighs in, because I absolutely love Ultimate. Yeah, Ultimate's but awesome. It, like, but the impact that Melee had, when when they announced Ultimate, they actually came out with a GameCube controller for your Switch, because they knew that there were still that many people who played Smash on the GameCube. I mean, that, I mean, that just tells you everything.
0: No, totally. And if you're ever looking for a brand new GameCube controller, you can just buy that Switch controller and it'll play on the original GameCube as well, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I think what I, what got me into the series on the Wii U was the fact that it was both on the Wii U and the 3DS at the same time. You can kind of, there's a little bit of interchange. You can use the 3DS as a controller on the Wii U. So, you know, that was kind of fun and everything. Um... But Melee, I don't have much experience with Melee. I do understand that, yes, Melee really kicked the series into high gear, um, you know, also with the capability of the GameCube, better music, stuff like that. So um, I think Melee, as the representative for the entire series, I think is well well-deserving.
1: Yeah, no. If you had, if you had to pick one Smash Brothers game, you definitely want to pick Melee. I think that's a good um, one. Yeah, yeah, because the original one, um, they were just kind of laying the groundwork and figuring it out, and then Melee just really hit. Like they they hit their stride there.
0: Absolutely. All right, two more to go. Two more to go. All right, uh, what, we got, what we got? So this is the other one where specifically it's this game. Uh, and again, unfortunately, I, I really haven't played the series, but released by Naughty Dog in two thousand nine, Uncharted two. Uh, was a sequel to Uncharted Drake's Fortune, a rollicking adventure and treasure hunting game. Um, now, the sequel set a new standard for adventure games with slick storytelling, lush graphics. This was on the PS3, and a compelling and compelling characters. It earned a critical acclaim, including Game of the Year at the Game Developers Conference, and more than six million copy and sold more than six million copies.
1: Oh man, we should have brought uh, we should have brought our friend and super fan Frankie on the show today because he just played through Uncharted One and Two. Oh, did he?
0: I didn't even realize he did that. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just yeah he did uh, because I think the I, I want to say the collection was uh, was one of the free oh, yes. games recently on PlayStation. And I have it.
0: Yeah, I downloaded it. Yeah, yeah
1: so I, I downloaded it as well. Uh, I I I will admit I've never played any Uncharted right. games. Neither they by. are again on a very long list of games that I want to play. Um, but I do remember the, um, popularity of Uncharted 2. Cause again, it's one of those things where the first one kind of lays the groundwork and then the second one soars it. You see that with a lot of games when they mm-hmm. come out it's like, first one is like, okay, we're going to put this out and fingers crossed it does well. And then obviously, you know, when it does well, it's like, okay, now we need to, now we need to up the ante here and we got to make it, we got, how can we make this better? And Uncharted 2, to your point, I mean, so many games come out every year to win game of the year yep. now, uh, that's a big deal. Absolutely, it's a huge. Deal. So um, um, I think they even could say more to it, but I can't.
0: <laughs> I think there's, uh, there's been talks about Tom Holland uh, playing as Drake yes. in a big screen version of Uncharted. So we'll see. Uh, but that's the impact it's having right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, who knew Spider-Man could be Drake as well? So, <laughs>
0: so uh, all right. So, Uncharted Two definitely—it's—it's—it it, it, uh, it hits. It's a very popular game. Maybe not in my list. Sounds like in either one of our lists of Hall of Famers. But it's you know definitely if it goes in, it's it's justifiable.
1: Uh, yeah, I can understand why. In a way, exactly,
0: exactly. So, all right. So we have the last game on here, and um, I think this will clue you in. As even though it's not directly related to the game, it's an amazing offshoot of the game, and um, you know, memories for all of us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow! You wow. we can well, stop that now.
0: <laughs> yes. Released yes. by Border Bond. I can never pronounce that. In 1995, but uh-huh. that was a little earlier than that. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Spawned one of the best selling edutainment franchises.
1: Uh, uh, no question about it.
0: Let's see. Uh, designed for the first generation of graphic-enabled personal computers, the title made learning world geography fun for millions of students as they searched for the whereabouts of the mysterious Carmen San Sandiego. Uh, of course, the various sequels, Where in Time is Carmen San Diego? I think there was another one. Maybe yeah. Where in Space? I'm not 100% sure. Um, and of course, the amazing game show that was on public access television.
1: Yeah, I remember the game show on PBS. Obviously, the um, the uh, the group that sang the theme Rock-a-pella. song for it. Uh, uh, was Rock-a-pella. it Rock-a-pella? Rockapella. Rockapella. Yep. Um, which was really awesome. And then, uh, uh, not only that, um, I want to say now two animated series based off of it.
0: I know of at least one. Oh, there has I know, been I, various. I, I, I,
1: well, I was going to say, I know of one because I worked at the company who made it. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the earlier one, right? But, right. That was the first one. But then recently... Um, mm-hmm. Recently there been uh there was a, a new series for Carmen San Diego. Yes, there is. Ago.
0: Uh yeah, I think it's running right now. That one kind of drives me a little batty cuz she's actually on a good side, not a criminal. So, but uh, okay. be that as it may. Uh, but no, Carmen San Diego, I definitely on the NES. Let's talk about the cuz this is like the computer version. Yeah. But if you remember on the NES, it came with an encyclopedia.
1: Yep, because I had "Where in Time" is Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, that's the, the one. So, that's the one. Yeah, so I had the I had the encyclopedia that came with it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was a thick encyclopedia too. It was,
1: and the game itself was uh, the game itself was um, was insanely short. I mean, you can get through mm-hmm. you can get through a round of Carmen Sandiego in like five or ten minutes Oh, yeah, it was absolutely. really yeah. I mean, you just had to know where to find her. That's all. Like, and you would follow her her trail. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. again very um talking about edutainment um you know there weren't that many games i mean you had some you had like your really really like preschooly y kind of mm-hmm, games like mm-hmm. you had your sesame streets and stuff yeah. like that um but this was one that kind of took it another step where it's like you were appealing to a little bit of an older um kid uh, and uh, you were making it you were making it a fun uh mystery yes. uh, kind of game which was I, I just think the two of them combined were, were just a really slam dunk. Totally. Not to not not to pun in the a <laughs> uh
0: I actually knew someone who was on the game show. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did I don't did think win? he? No, I don't think you got past the first round. But
1: oh. <laughs> that's um, okay because I gotta say um, the um, the bonus round in that game show when you had to pick out like the, the cities, the, the cities or the states or whatever it was. I always felt so bad when um, when kids got Africa because I didn't know I didn't know where anything was in Africa mm-hmm. when I was watching that show. So I I always marvelled at kids that would win with the Africa yep. uh, with the Africa board because I was like, wow, I was like, that's that's some good geography right there.
0: And then like you, like they get the United States, like this is a piece of cake. But here's the thing: I don't think anyone ever realized when they're playing the game, they're looking at the map upside
1: down. So. Yep. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Kudos, kudos to anybody who can finish that. But anyway, yeah. uh, but again, it's a game that spawned so many yep. things to the point where you know, Carmen San Diego, you bring that name up to anybody. Uh, and, you know, majority of the population will know who she is.
0: I think going like Carmen San Diego, Oregon Trail, those two definitely are, are on the same page. And that's why San Diego, Carmen San Diego, I think, absolutely deserving to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, no, 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 I I, I can see why it's uh, on the list, for sure.
0: And, uh, yeah, and with that, those are the 12 finalists.
1: How many get in, do we know?
0: I believe let's... six, because it was saying something like the top three votes go into yeah. a ballot, and then the top three, oh, you know what, maybe it's only four, because now that I'm looking at it, past yeah. years, uh, you know what, it varies.
1: Well, I mean, you know what, let's say, Larry, pick your four. Okay. What are your four? I'm looking at the list right now. Pick uh, your
0: four. I got to go back. Hold on. I oh, hear this. Uh, okay. So I am going to say um, absolutely Carmen Sandiego. Okay. I am going to say Goldeneye. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Snake because that was revolutionary for cell phones. Got it. Ooh. And the fourth one. Um, I got to go. I got to go with Frogger just with its iconic. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, well, I think for once we're really, really close in what we're looking at here because um, I went with um, Snake
2: mm-hmm.
1: Frogger, Carmen Sandiego, but then instead of Goldeneye again because that's yeah. my, my for my own personal preference, I got to go with the Guitar Hero. Fair enough. Yep. Those All are by right. four. I think. I think stuff like I think like Minecraft and Uncharted are a little too young. Uh, to go into the yeah, Hall of Fame real, I, just um, yet. I, I want, I want, I want them to mature a little bit, like wine, here, before it, uh, before they pop in there.
0: Here we may have talked about it in the past. So here's the criteria: because you can actually nominate games. That's how these games are, are picked, or or get because they're nominated. You go to the website worldvideogamehalloffame.org. dot uh, okay. You can start nominating for the 2021 edition, and here there's four criteria: icon status, which all of these have an icon, iconic status. Yep. Longevity. This is what you're talking about. Like, what constitutes... That's that, that's our... Yes. We've been talking about, with the classic episodes going up, we just spoke about, in, like, episode three or four, what constitutes classic gaming. So, right. that one... Yeah, that's going to be a little bit... Uh, geographical reach. You know, some of these games, you could be... doesn't matter where you live, you're going to recognize yeah. these games. And influence. Which, again, they yeah. all have.
1: Yeah. That's why I can, I can see if... Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Minecraft got in this Mm -hmm. year. But, again, like I said, I, I would want it to kind of hang out for a little bit longer.
0: Totally. So, again, the players show you we can all vote. You can vote once a day, and you can vote for different games each day. Uh, the ballot will close on April 2nd. Uh, so when this drops, you still have a couple of days to at least vote. Every vote counts. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure when exactly they're going to announce them. But uh, when they do announce them, we'll certainly let you know. And, um, yeah, we'll take it from there. And that's that's basically for the 2020 video. Video game Hall of Fame,
1: very cool. A very, good, very, very good list.
0: Yes, and speaking of games Hall of Fame, I got. Um, yeah. We, I think um, we both yeah. got some stuff here that maybe not all is going make it to the Hall of Fame, but
1: <laughs> no, not Hall of Fame. Um, I managed to, uh, you know, I have Obviously, we haven't been shopping that much because mm-hmm. places are closed. But I ordered something. Um, I ordered something over a month ago and it wasn't supposed to get here until sometime in April, but it arrived early and it's not, it's video game related, but not a video game because I've been looking for a, um, I've been looking for something to my backpack is really old and falling apart and I use it every day for work because I take my laptop home with me. And, um, I also use it for travel Mm -hmm. uh, as well because I travel a lot for my job. Um, so I went online and I said, I want to get something. Uh, I want to get a new backpack that's easily de- definable and relatable to me. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I wind up with the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild <laughs> backpack. That is awesome looking. Look at that. That's really cool. Um, this glows in the dark. Oh, really? This will actually glow blue. Oh, that's cool. Like the, like the Breath of the Wild um, Like the tablet, yeah. Yeah, like the tablet, um, which is great. Uh, the sheikah slate actually yes. um and you know what i find what i find funny is that i didn't notice this when i bought it but like they, they I, there were all of these things on it oh yeah there's all those straps to keep it going yeah, oh, there's a lot of straps there's a thing here for you know to hold a bottle for a drink and everything like that um and again knowing my age i noticed this i said well what, look at this newfangled thing it's got a usb uh, <gasps> oh look at that it's like a rechargeable yeah, and then it's got a headphone jack. That's pretty cool. Which is cool. But now I'll be damned if I know how you're supposed to charge it though because when I look at the other side like they give you the wires to install, but I have to I guess I have to put a battery I have to attach a battery to it otherwise it's pointless. I don't I don't know Did
0: instructions come. I, it's weird to say the no, instructions come did with not, your backpack.
1: No, it did not it, No, I did not get instructions with the backpack, but look, it has, you know, a slot for oh, the yeah. and stuff. Um, but no, I'm assuming what it is 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 like there's a little net in here, mm-hmm. so I can put I can put a portable battery, I guess, and, and it then run through, up, and know. then just run it there. The other option I think I can do also, especially for like the uh, the headphone jack, is hook it up to my phone in my
0: backpack. Well, that definitely, yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, so, but all in all, I mean, it was just a, a really cool thing. Very excited! I'm curious to see how it glows in the dark. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. But that also involves me having to put it out in the sun for a little while. So we've got I've got some time. Uh, <laughs> Fair some enough. Time but yeah, that was that that was the one thing I did pick up. Nothing game wise, unfortunately. Right. Well, I'll gotta... uh, really quickly before you go. I'm sorry. There is a mega March sale going on right now. Oh, okay. Um, on the PlayStation 4, so definitely check that out mm-hmm. and see what's on sale. I believe in my cart currently I have Slenderman The Arrival. Oh, <laughs> on um, it, uh, Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to download that. It is a whopping $2.50. There
0: you go. Yeah. So even if it's bad, it's still worth it.
1: There's also a sale going on on the Switch, and there are a bunch of games on there for, like, under a dollar. I
0: saw Switch games. It's crazy. If some of these games yeah. drop, like, 90%, and it puts it under, like, a nickel. Yes, <laughs>
1: So uh, what did you get, Larry?
0: All right. So, well, first, I just want to mention this. This I picked up on eBay. Uh, So I was on uh, Facebook, and um, I was in a chat room, which I'll mention in a moment. Not a chat room, but a group. Uh, And they they uploaded a video, which I never realized. First of all, this is the PlayStation Underground magazine, which came out. Uh, in the late 90s, I believe, and there's two discs in here, two playable discs. So the magazine, you actually, they call it a magazine, but you play it on the PlayStation. Got um, it. It, it's loaded with a couple of demos, some interviews. Uh, when you mentioned Power Rapper the Rappa, what they used to do with this, they'd be codes. Like, they would mm-hmm. actually tell you some codes, but there's also some codes or... or unlockable features, or whatever you want to call them, that you can download directly to your memory card. And one of them, I think, was of the Rapper, where, if I remember it correctly, is it in here? You uh, download, and it gets you to the end of the game with an unlockable, whatever the unlockable song is at the end.
1: Uh, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, so it was, you know, cool. I didn't realize they did that back then. So, um, so it was pretty cool. But the reason why I got it was because... This particular uh, issue, Issue 1, Volume Mm 2, featured Mystery Science Theater 3000. Nice. And I am a huge MST3K fan. Um, And what they did was they... um, like, when you boot the disc up, it's them. It's this for the MSC3K fans. Uh, it's the sci-fi channel uh, era. So you see the three of them, Mike Crow and Tom, playing games. And then they go into the theater, and they riff on a couple of, like... Like, they riff on a, com- a PlayStation commercial that kept... Uh, like, they kept... It was, like, the um, the outtakes. Mm-hmm. So they'd riff on that, and they riffed on... I don't know what game it was, but they also riffed on, a, like, a game boot-up screen or something like that. So, it was actually really fun to watch, and really, I got this just for that, the fact that, you know, it was MST3K. Um, So, that's what I picked up. So, PlayStation Underground.
1: Very, very nice.
0: The two, uh, there is, two discs.
1: A nice, interesting, random thing
0: to pick up. Absolutely. And what's pretty cool is I think they mailed it as is, because there's the, uh, like, the post office. So, I think you actually got this, like this, in the mail. So, it was pretty cool. Cool. Very cool. And then, of course, this is, this was amazing. Um, It was a... uh, So I got a call from Anthony uh, recently, Uh, you know, game on, um, you know, they were getting ready to unfortunately close up for the time being, but they were still doing some uh, like curbside pickup and stuff like that. So uh, Anthony was kind enough to call in uh, for a game. Well, I thought it was a game um, for my birthday you know again we really a little trouble shopping so he's like i got you some, but you got to go out into the world and pick it up i was like oh okay yeah sorry
1: sorry <laughs> i'm sorry you had to risk your nah, life you I don't worry get? about it.
0: nah just, no worries so i'm like okay so i go to the store they they hand it over to me and then when i get home i'm just i, I it's i was floored and, and i texted you and and i still mean it i was floored it's two mega man games but they're homebrews. so we got mega man gamma Nice. And Mega Man Ultra. If you put them together, got this nice little kind of box together. Um, I played one of these very briefly at Game On, and basically they're just harder versions, if you can imagine that, of Mega Man. Uh, Mega Man Ultra is kind of a harder version of Mega Man 2, it's- and uh, this one would be a harder version of Mega Man 3. Uh, they were both created by Dufar C is the creator's name. And what's cool about this is I didn't play through all the levels, but I know for a fact that Mega Man Ultra Woodman level is Super Mario Bros. World 1-1. Really? That's how different it is. These aren't just harder versions of the games. They are different versions of the game.
1: That's really cool. Well, <laughs> and, you know, and it's funny because when I called them, mm-hmm. um, I already had it in my brain. I was like trying to think. I'm like, OK. I was like, I have no idea what they have in stock. And I don't know. And and my first question to them, I had actually messaged them like a week ago. Oh, <laughs> OK. And I had said, hey, I want to get Larry something for his birthday. I just would You know, what has he been eyeing in the store <laughs> to which they said, we don't know. And then at the time I said, OK, fine. I was like, when when he comes in and then they were like, well, well, we'll try and do some recon. Like next time he comes in, so they were going to try and, they were trying to get some info out yeah. of him. But then of course everything wound up closing down. Yeah. and whatnot. So then when I called, when I called them on Saturday, I said, I know two of your favorite um, franchises are Mega Man and Castlevania.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just hit them up and said, what do you, what do you have for Mega Man or Castlevania in box? And they said, Oh, we have these home brews. And I'm like, okay. I said, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have these. (laughs) No, I don't. Yeah, so I went with those.
0: And I was probably like a month or two away (laughs) from maybe pulling the trigger, but I never did. Um, Here, just to show a little bit of a difference. So, Airman, look at this. Airman never had those blocks in there.
1: No, he definitely did. It was a a flat level.
0: Find out Mega Man Ultra, a follow-up to the all-time classic Mega Man 2. Mega Man Ultra has brand new levels, brand new power-ups, and even a couple of surprises. So, I highly, oh, and also, because I have, I forgot about this part, um, that's what they look like.
1: Oh, that's really nice. Nice.
0: Beautiful blue cart for Ultra, and I'm pretty sure Gamma was the same.
1: Was it blue as well? Yeah,
0: Gamma's the same, I'll show it, but it's the same, so
1: gorgeous blue right. color. Very nice. So. Very, very nice. Okay, cool. Well, I'm so. I'm really happy that you like that. <laughs>
0: no, uh, truly. That was
1: my biggest concern. Thank you. you would want.
0: Thank you very much. So, um, as soon You're as welcome. I have you get the Polymega, I'll be able to pop these in.
1: Yep, very true. <laughs> well, yep. Well, Larry, the happiest of birthdays to you.
0: Yes. You Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And with You're that, welcome. we'll start... Is that an instruction booklet? I'm sorry, just real quick. I gotta look at the... Oh, no, it's a... Oh, it is an instruction book. This, is this thing. Interesting. Nice. How to beat Airman. Uh, okay. That's very specific.
1: Uh, oh, all right. Well, uh, you know, because people do struggle through Mega Man games. I guess so.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. So with that, Anthony, again, thank you very much. I truly appreciate You're it. You're And uh, with that, we will wrap this up and uh, Ant, let them know where they can find us on social media while well, I try to put this away
1: yep. uh, you can find us on retrogamers.com. you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash retrogamerspodcast Instagram at retrogamerspodcast Twitter at retrogamerspod
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, or you can email us at email at com. yes
0: and with that uh, everyone you know, continue playing games continue having fun maybe with some multiplayer games And uh, that's what we're doing as well, trying to stay steady. Also,
1: most most importantly at this time, stay home, stay safe. You stay home, you save lives. Very important right now. So we hope everybody is doing their part.
0: Yes, and also make sure, again, especially on Instagram, maybe on Facebook as well, me and Ann, every once in a blue moon, nothing is set. There's going to be no topics. We'll just hop on just to say hello, just to show you that we're still here. And uh, with that, folks... We're going to catch you right here next week on the Retro Gamers Podcast.
2: When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment and click your stuff works, but you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than Copper Top. Toothbrushes faster. Screwdrivers faster. RC cars. Yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum.
1: Alex Guthrie here. Check out my latest episode of Remodel Revolution. Hey, maybe you need some remodeling advice. Maybe you just need a good laugh. Maybe your other half was right all along. Learn some secrets from the pros. Get some good common sense advice about your home. You might find we've made some of the same mistakes. Listen, there's nothing a little bit of humor won't fit. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode of Remodel Revolution.